The news here is who was not charged. Who was not charged? One sitting U.S. Senator Lindsey Graham, two former Senators Kelly Loeffler and David Perdue. With us now, CNN legal analyst and former U.S. Attorney Michael Moore back with us, and also Shan Wu, defense attorney and former federal prosecutor. Shan, we haven't had a chance to speak with you yet. I want to focus on the Lindsey Graham news or non-news, to be clear here. He was not charged. He was not indicted. And I suppose the question is, why was it because this special grand jury showed some reservations there only voting uh, by a vote of 13 to 7 to indict him? Is that what might have caused Fonnie Willis trepidation? Or do you think it was the difficulty in charging the U.S. senator or maybe the evidence? Um, picking between those three, John, I'd say it's more likely the evidence since, you know, as you've been pointing out, uh, so as Michael, we, we can't see the transcripts and all the evidence We're really kind of seeing a summary here. Uh, the votes, um, I'm a little bit skeptical of that, but there's some distinctions to be made. Um, having indicted hundreds of grand juries, uh, grand jurors indictments, I can tell you that that vote did not matter to us very much unless it was really, really slim, like almost a deadlock to it. But I think to Michael's point, this is a grand jury which had been very focused on this one case for a long time, and therefore the weight of those votes might have carried a lot more meaning to the prosecutor in making those decisions. It's also, I don't think the potential federal official defenses would have bothered um, this prosecutor very much. That's speculation, but it seems like she would feel she had the evidence, you know, full steam ahead. It's possible to me that they may have done a good job for themselves in the testifying before the grand jury for some of these folks. Um, Graham, politicians sometimes come across pretty well as witnesses uh, for the down-home kind of approach talking to the grand jurors may have influenced some of that votes, but also the prosecutors may have looked at that and said, well, you know, he, he has a colorable defense here, and they may have felt there was not enough evidence to overcome that. So I lean more towards she had a look at the evidence that we can't see, and that's probably the biggest factor. Yeah, and, and just to be clear, it's not specific what Lindsey Graham, what this special grand jury was recommending an indictment on. It's the broadest of all possible charges, the national effort to overturn the 2020 election. The phone call, which we focused on so much, it is not enumerated here in this report. It is for Donald Trump and some others. Their phone call, Lindsey Graham's phone call, is not specifically listed here. Michael, if you can, teach us a little bit of law school here so I can understand and our viewers can understand. In a normal grand jury, in a normal grand jury, if there is a vote and that grand jury does vote to indict, even by a margin of one, as Shan was saying, is a person charged? Well, uh, and I'm glad to be with Shan this morning, too. Um, it, in a normal grand jury, unless there's a difference in the state grand jury and a federal grand jury. So in a state grand jury, which is what we're talking about here, uh, a prosecutor in Georgia would have to basically present an indictment. You can't go into the state grand jury and say, I want you to investigate this, and then we can decide together which charges we're going to bring. The, the rule is that an indictment, we call it having to be laid on the table. In other words, presented to the grand jury for their consideration. They hear from some witnesses. They hear a little bit of evidence. It can be a very little bit, a summary type amount of evidence. Uh, and then they take a vote. And so at that point, it's, it's up to the grand jury. If they vote to indict, then that indictment is, in fact, issued by the grand jury. Um, so they are not investigating. That's mm -hmm. the difference in what this report is about. This report is merely an investigative tool. And uh, we don't use those, as I say, in Georgia. Typically, that's what makes this unique. 
uh, but it gave the DA the opportunity to subpoena witnesses, to subpoena evidence, to bring a bunch of people in and have them all talk to these grand jurors over an eight month period uh, to make a decision on how she wanted to move forward with the case. And so um, their report is advisory only. Uh, and that's different than what you would have in a criminal grand jury in the state system here. Our state system does not have an advisory grand jury process for a regular criminal grand jury. They, they simply vote to indict or not to indict. And, and the prosecutor uses his or her discretion uh, in deciding whether or not to present that indictment to the grand jury. Here, she's using her discretion in deciding whether or not to accept the recommendations of this special purpose advisory grand jury. So they're different beasts, but, but it's, it's, the simple answer is if you were in Georgia and an indictment was presented to a criminal grand jury, their vote is going to rule the day. Right. And that's what's different here. I mean, they both, both of these things have the words grand and jury in them, but in practical right. terms, they're very, very different. One is basically an investigative panel, an investigative commission that issues recommendations, whereas a actual grand jury issues indictments, lays indictments on the table, Shannon. That is not what happened here, and I hope people do understand that. Yes, a special grand jury recommended charges, but that doesn't mean that they were charged. That doesn't mean that a prosecutor has to then bring charges or that ultimately a grand jury has to choose to indict. So, Shan, what now? How will or can, is there anything in here, and, and this is sparse, I mean, this is sparse other than the votes. How can the prosecution and defense in the cases that do exist use this information? Well, I don't think we can glean too much more from what the prosecution might do with it. I mean, obviously, they know a lot more than in the sparse report. Uh, for the defense, I think, as has been discussed, uh, there are some nuggets here. For example, people who weren't charged, if they were, haven't already been interviewed, which they may have already been contacted by the defense, it'd be interesting uh, as a defense counsel to know the sorts of questions, what theory the prosecution's um, pursuing, they may also be of some value uh, as targets for finger pointing, which is they didn't get charged, but you know now I can blame them because they're the real masterminds behind this, uh, not my client. So there, that may come into play as well. The, the one other distinction I want to follow up on that you made, John, is there's a little bit of an analogy here to special counsel reports or the old statute independent counsel reports I've been involved in. An important difference, though, is when they write those reports, people who are mentioned have a chance to comment on them. And earlier, Tim Hafey was making that point that one of the issues with this coming out in the grand jury form is that people who are mentioned, if even recommended to have been charged, don't have the opportunity to really rebut that. And, and that's significant. But in terms of how it plays out in court, hard to say uh, other than those two facts. These are people you want to talk to as defense counsel, and these might be people that uh, you want to blame as a defense counsel. And just to read one part of a dissent from one of these grand jurors who voted against recommending indictments for, for Purdue and Loeffler. Uh, let me read a footnote that was part of this report. One of the dissenting jurors voting against recommending seeking indictments for Senators Purdue and Loeffler on a RICO claim believe that their statements following the November 2020 election while pandering to their political base do not give rise to their being guilty of a criminal conspiracy. Michael, I'll just give you 20 seconds on that. Sure. That's instructive. Why? Yeah, that, that, that's your jury. That's exactly what the defense is going to do to play to the trial jury in this case. And you may find that Purdue Leffler gets subpoenaed to appear as witnesses to basically create a contrast, to essentially allow the defense to ask the state, well, you know, what, 
what did you do versus what and what's so different about what what my client did but that's your jury you just they're looking for that one juror to hold out and say look this is they weren't really doing anything criminal it may be bad but it wasn't criminal they were just uh, you know asking questions about the election